you know when you're listening to a song and, and you hear that lighter flick and you know Lil Wayne's about to cook? Billy Napier's getting his lighter ready and recruiting right now. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports and giants country of SI.com. Before getting into today's content, just ask you a like, subscribe, comment, review, whatever it is. Let me know how I can make the show better. And I am so sorry for sounding congested, but luckily you don't have to hear me talk too much today because I am about to be joined by John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Joining me now is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And we're starting off today with a five-star quarterback again, but it's not Arch Manning this time. The rumors were, I mean, I heard rumors at least early on in the cycle that Billy Napier and this Gator staff were kind of not all in on the 2023 quarterbacks. And then now we've got Arch. And now we've got Jaden Rashada Monday. His dad said that they're going to take a visit to Gainesville. Uh, what What is your evaluation of Jaden Rashada so far? I'm a big fan of him, Brandon. I uh, got to see him in Dallas uh, in person. Uh, and I obviously have seen a ton of video on the California native. 6'4", six, 6'5", six, just a loose and live arm. He's got a relatively pure motion for a kid that big. And he's got enough athleticism and mobility to challenge you outside the pocket, at least uh, as a scrambler. So there's just a lot to like about this kid's game. You know, he's he's a big time uh, down the field thrower. Uh, he's confident. I think, you know, talking to him about how great this quarterback class is and he kind of smirks at you like, yeah, but I'm the best one, you know, uh, and you love that. You want that. You know, you don't want a kid who who kind of concedes in any way, shape or form. Uh, and I think that paired with his breakout year in 2021 has uh, basically every school in need of a quarterback circling the wagons on his recruitment, just trying to find out anything they can about Rashada's game. Uh, and of course, this week has been really busy for him. As you mentioned, Florida's trying to set up an official visit. He announced the top seven with the Gators in it. And he also announced a June 18th verbal commitment date. So now there is a shot clock, if you will, one month away for the end of, of Jaden Rashada's recruitment. He's only taken one official. So at least four schools in theory are, are going to get him on campus and, and probably are going to feel good about their standing once they do get him on campus. Cause that top seven will really be more of a top five because obviously where you've taken those official visits to, those those programs have a little bit more interest. So Gators fans should be cautiously optimistic with this thing. Um, it's it's early. The interest is is relatively new compared to every school on that list besides AM, which is another new one on, on Jaden's radar. So I do think he'll take the trips to Gainesville and College Station because he hasn't been before. He's been to LSU. 
He's been to Ole Miss, Oregon, Miami, some of the other schools on the list. Uh, so I think he'll he'll make it a priority to get to the campuses that uh, are under uh, new management in this case or that that he hadn't been to, uh, like like Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. So a lot of twists and turns remaining, but obviously a very important recruit uh, with, with a commitment date in mind. Yeah, that, that was actually like my next question was, you know, he's got that June 18th, you called shot clock that, that day where it's Florida, LSU, Oregon, Ole Miss, Cal, Miami, and Texas A&M. Uh, and so, so it's not too little, too late situation. It's not too late to be uh, a, a legit player here. If you're getting a visit, I say no. Um, you know, Jaden is a, a, a long time, a long recruited kid. Like he's been on many visits, many campuses, um, you know, he's not, you know, just trying to take trips to take trips in my mind, especially with a commitment date uh, a month away. Right. So there's not a whole lot of time to waste. Um, I think if he was, you know, still nonchalant about when he wanted to make a decision, then maybe maybe it feels like, well, he just wants to see Gainesville. He's never been and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but I do think that if he locks in an official visit in particular, I do think that it will, will, will mean Florida is a serious player. Now, are they the favorites? Do they have work to do? You know, no. And then yes, uh, absolutely. The Gators have plenty of, of work to do. The favorites are probably, I would say Oregon at this point uh, should feel pretty good about where it stands. Ole Miss continues to recruit him, even though they they already have a verbal quarterback or verbal commitment from a quarterback, I should say. They're also recruiting his big brother, which is a factor in this thing. You know, Oregon's another one recruiting his big brother uh, as well. Uh, he's got a final three of Oregon, Ole Miss, and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech recently got a quarterback not in it for Jaden. So if they want to play together, Oregon and Ole Miss appear like the schools uh, to beat. But, you know, Jaden isn't 100% tied to his older brother as well. So I think you get him on campus, you, you see where you stand from that point uh, and, and going forward. And uh, you just, you, you kind of keep an eye on this thing. You know, maybe he doesn't make a commitment on, on the 18th. Maybe he pushes things back. So uh, the later, the better for Florida fans, but obviously it starts with getting him on campus, which for, for them and, and Texas A&M has to be the next step to stay in the game. Yeah. And the later, the better seems to be kind of the, uh, the trend with Florida where we had that with same thing with Arch Manning. Uh, how does the recruitment and potential commitment of Jaden Rashada impact Arch Manning and vice versa or their ch chances of coming to Florida? Yeah, look, you know, I spent a lot of time around there recently and and they're aware of all the other quarterback dominoes. We all kind of view it as everyone's looking up at Arch, but that camp, because they really don't have a timeline, they're looking at everybody else as well. Because if there's one thing we know about the Manning family is is they are – 100% aware of the of the the status of their position and two they're aware of the overall status of of college football the NFL and everything in between so they're going to make a business decision and I would be shocked if Manning ends up at a school that already has a verbal uh, commitment at the quarterback position uh, I I would be floored I think there are a lot safer bets everywhere else in college football recruiting than that um and that's why I think you've seen schools associated with Arch Manning hold off being very close to maybe getting another kid committed and they hold off with that prospect you know Alabama and Eli Holstein come to mind Georgia with Dylan Lonergan a couple other guys comes to mind you know they could have had commitments to this point but they don't and I think that main reason is is because of Arch Manning so yeah he's he's not going where somewhere else has already claimed that 2023 spot in my opinion like I said I'd be real surprised if he was
All right, and then we're about to take a look at IMG Academy. But first, a quick word from Bet Online. The NBA draft lottery has been set. We know who is or who is picking where. We don't know who's getting picked where, but we know who's picking where. And you can bet on who is going to get picked at which spot with Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using Bet Online for years now. You guys know this has been like five years. You could bet on football, basketball, soccer, tennis, darts, table tennis, reality TV, award shows, politics, economics, everything. You could bet on everything with Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now we are back. Joining me again, John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. IMG Academy is something that Florida fans have been clamoring for. It it hasn't happened really until a couple of months ago when Billy Napier broke the IMG curse. And just how important, or maybe not even important, but just how helpful would it be? How much easier would it make Billy Napier's life and job? if he could establish a pipeline through IMG Academy. I mean, it's it's the most talented high school in the country, and it's closest to your Power 5 program than any other Power 5 program. So, I mean, it really is kind of, a, I don't know, like a fantasy almost. Uh, this is something that lines up incredibly well or should line up incredibly well for Florida under, you know, regardless of who the coach is. Obviously, it wasn't the case under Dan Mullen, uh, but that was probably, you know, something early on that Billy Napier either had to sell to Florida or certainly to his staff as they were, were being assembled in Gainesville. Like, Hey, like we got to get in at IMG Academy and actually land elite recruits. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, Kamari Wilson popped um, in, in the 2022 class. And that was really the gateway to IMG. Now uh, the big old Lyman Harris is verbally committed and he's hinted at, Hey, I'm not going to be the only IMG guy going to UF. So now all of a sudden you you kind of you take a 30,000 foot view, you back off like, OK, like who else is legitimately in the mix here for the Gators? And you could really roll out three, four, five names, I'm sure, if you go from the 23 class into the 2024 cycle, because, of course, IMG is loaded in, in both of those. Uh, so it, it is something interesting. And I do think this is what we see at IMG when one kid commits to one school the interest in that school just starts to increase with others. We've seen Alabama do it successfully. We've seen Ohio State do it very successfully. Uh, We've seen other schools, LSU, come into IMG and and begin to build uh, somewhat of a pipeline. Miami has done so, where there's been carryover from one class to the next, Uh, you know, flipping Jalil Skinner last year from Alabama. Uh, So when you get one, it usually is a good thing because there's elite prospects all over the place, uh, and they spend a ton of time together and IMG is one of those schools that's different Brandon because it's a boarding school you've got a curfew you're eating with these guys you're with these guys almost all day um, and even including class to a degree Uh, so it's just a different setup compared to a normal high school where you're going home you know you're you're away at a given point Uh, you're not really you know forced to be around the same people but most of these IMG kids aren't from the Bradenton area they're, you know, they're living in apartments with roommates and then there's an adjacent roommate and another room down the line. And you just are interacting with your peers more there than probably any other school in the country. So when you do 
get one flag planted like uh, Florida's done, uh, it could really spread relatively quickly. And I think that's potentially what's going to happen uh, for UF this year at, at IMG. And there are two 2023 co- or recruits from IMG that we're going to talk about today. And one of them is Jordan Hall, who, of course, has a visit set to Gainesville on June 3rd. He's a linebacker, which Lord knows Florida needs help at linebacker. So what is your evaluation of Jordan Hall? Just first of all, when you see him in person like we have, I mean, you, you have to almost ask for a birth certificate, right? Like, like, wait, you're you're a rising senior in high school, uh, big uh, physical presence on the hoof, you know, six, two, six, three, uh, 240 pounds or so just looks like a linebacker, which is kind of a rarity nowadays. Everyone's getting a little bit smaller and shiftier with their athletic profile. Jordan Hall's old school. You know, he's got that old school size uh, for for that inside linebacker spot. Um, And then you watch IMG play and you you can't miss him, right? You can't miss him. He's coming downhill, making big plays. He's comfortable in coverage. Uh, I would say there's room for improvement there. Uh, But again, you know, you know, with his size, you could probably utilize him more as a blitzer and even a pass rusher down the line, which is something a lot of SEC programs have found success with. Uh, And I think the experience he has at IMG being a multi-year guy, pushes that forward even more uh, because you're not just a six month rental, like, like some other prospects that, that are, are entering the school in the coming weeks and months, you know, Jordan has been there. He understands uh, some sophisticated defenses under Pepper Johnson last year and, and some new experienced coaches this year. So I think mentally he's just as impressive as he is physically, which is very impressive. So obviously a, a truly coveted power five linebacker prospect, uh, as you mentioned, Florida's going to get him on campus again for an official visit. Uh, he's taken, I believe, multiple unofficials up to Gainesville. Again, that geography really should always have IMG prospects on campus because it's just uh, up the road on, on I-75. So I do think that's something we're going to continue to see, and, and Jordan Hall might be one of those that's next in line. Uh, Big Ten schools, you know, back where he's from, are, are going to stay in the mix. I think Michigan State's probably one of the top threats to the Gators at this point. Uh, but, you know, he's got a huge offer list, schools coast-to-coast coast courting him. But I believe only those two officials are set, and the Gators get the first one, which is really the position you want to be in. You want to be first or last. You don't want to be in the middle uh, where, where official visits can get blurred together. You want the first trip to set the bar or the last trip to profit off of uh, recency bias. So I think in that light, Florida's doing a really good job, not just with Hall, but with a lot of prospects as they start to set up uh, June official visits. Yeah, I love that you said that he's got a great IQ because, I mean, Patrick Tony and this defense is going to be very complex and very multiple. You look at the Baylor defense and it's going to be practically a carbon copy of that. And yeah, we, yeah. we know how complex that is. But uh, there's one more IMG Academy player to talk about today. And then a Samuel Mpemba, the athlete, the, the number one athlete, according to some places. Uh, he took a visit to Gainesville this past April. And what are your thoughts on him? What an athlete, like you said, I mean, uh, incredibly lofty rankings around Samuel. Um, And it's all a projection, right? We haven't seen a ton of his production at IMG. You know, a kid originally from the St. Louis area was backing up Jaleel Skinner, who I mentioned earlier, at a tight end as a junior. But now he's playing linebacker. You know, really excited to go see him 
work at what feels like a more natural position for him, especially, you know, when you look at him, right? 6'5", 240, rocked up, chiseled, all the traits that you want to describe an elite defender uh, in the front seven. Uh, Samuel's got that at his back. Uh, so now he just needs reps. He just needs a little bit more exposure uh, on the defensive side of the football. And obviously, if you excel there at IMG, it means you're going against fellow Power 5 prospects on the offensive line and tight end, et cetera, uh, to, to make a quick learning curve uh, possible, um, you know, week to week, much less month to month at a school like that. Um, and his recruitments reflected that, you know, really interesting ebb and flows with certain programs. Uh, it seems like Notre Dame uh, and Florida have been some of the most consistent. LSU's dipped in and out of this thing. We're, we're hearing more about Georgia and Alabama in this recruitment as well. Um, but I do think a lot of people are curious, and, and that's the main reason I'm going down to IMG Thursday to see him in person because it's like how we, we know he's athletic and we know he looks the part uh, and, he's, and he's twitchy in general, but how much has translated to success on the edge or as an off-ball linebacker uh, down the line. I think that's what a lot of people are curious about. But the athletic traits, the natural uh, foundation of his game on either side of the ball is incredibly strong, and that's why he is coveted um, by schools all over the place. And then we're about to get to the flip side of the ball by talking about receivers. But first, a quick word from Built Bar. All of these recruits have to make tough decisions, obviously. If you're stuck making a tough decision, it's probably because you're trying to decide which flavor Built Bar to have because Built Bar is a fantastic thing to have. Personally, I'd suggest that you go with the Built Puffs, the birthday cake flavor, because, well, one, it's, it's a protein marshmallow, and I need protein. I love marshmallow and the birthday cake one. Whoo, that's, that's slap your mama good. I'll tell you that, but it is that Good Built Bar is coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories, just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes. Reese's in the desk drawer. Kit Kat in the cupboard. The who's who call it and the whatchamacallit. I don't care. I'm just naming stuff. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or Built Bar. Dot com, And to wrap up today's show, I'm still with John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. We're going to talk about a couple of wide receivers here because we've got visits coming in. We've got interest here. And the first up is Andy Jean, the three-star receiver from Miami. Florida offered him in March. He has a visit set for June 24th. What are your thoughts on him? You know, Gene is a specimen. Uh, he's he's a big physical receiver with with great speed on top of that. And that's something that's obviously rare when it starts to, to pair with one another. Uh, like you said, former Miami commitment, uh, recently decommitted. And since then, he's been maybe the hottest receiver in the country uh, in terms of adding new scholarship offers. I think in the last couple of weeks, uh, well, Florida certainly offered right after that Miami decommitment, and I think that was smart because obviously a lot of other schools have jumped on board. But I think uh, Wisconsin, Bama, 
uh, Kentucky, uh, Pitt, a bunch of schools have come in over the last week or two uh, just in seeing his tape, seeing him perform on the track where he's part of, you know, maybe the best four by one 100 meter relay team in the country down at Miami Northwestern. Um, so you just see a lot to like about this kid's game, averaged almost 20 yards a catch as a junior for, again, one of the better football teams in the state of Florida as well. So you could understand his rise. I do think he's a little bit more raw than polished at this point. Uh, but again, uh, like we talked about with Impemba, he's got natural gifts that you really can't teach, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, hitting the apex for football and, and just the simple speed uh, to take the top off of a defense. Confident kid, good after the catch as well. So a lot of the natural skills are already there for, for Gene. You just need to polish them up a little bit, which is something that obviously uh, every good wide receiver coach has the ability uh, to potentially do. But uh, there's no doubt that Florida's in the thick of this race. I believe it's his only official visit in terms of what's scheduled. Uh, I know others are coming and, and it'll be a hot and heavy recruitment, but I do think Florida offering before this latest round of offers and, you know, obviously being an in-state, you know, program helps with, with a recruit uh, like Andy. Uh, look, Florida, you, you talked about recruiting IMG, very important. Obviously the whole Tampa to Gainesville corridor, very important, Orlando as well. But you can't ignore South Florida. You have to consistently pluck talent from South Florida. And, and I think him being a former Miami commitment, that could be a nice little feather in the cap for wherever Gene goes because we know what, what type of recruiting is going on locally with Mario Cristobal and company. So there's going to be some hot and heavy wars between the Canes and the Gators in particular going forward just because both programs are simultaneously trying to reestablish, hey, this is our state, this is who we are, and you got to go, uh, which means, you know, the Gators have to go down to Miami. Miami has to come up to Tampa and Orlando and contend with, with you know, more Florida territory, Polk County included in that, of course. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of that, you know, dipping into the other school's territory for hot recruits. And they don't get much hotter than, than Gene in the state right now. And then there's another receiver to talk about in Jonte Cook, the second out of Texas, um, which, by the way, if you have the second at the end of your name cool i instantly love you um it came out earlier this week that he'll be visiting gainesville on june 3rd uh so what is your evaluation of john Tay cook the second oh this is this is a twitched up game breaker um elite wide receiver what no matter where you line them up you can hand them the ball you can put them in the slot you can put them outside uh john Tay cook's got as much juice as they say as any receiver in this class of, of 2023 out of Texas, out of DeSoto, um, obviously a, a great program. Uh, you know, the in-state schools are going to be hot and heavy and certainly A&M and Texas have, have been the two that, that have recruited him the hardest uh, according to him. Uh, but other schools have been in it, you know, Ole Miss, Alabama recently got him on campus. Um, so did LSU and Brian Kelly. Um, so he's got this top group Clemson's in there, I believe as well. But then he's taking officials to two schools that weren't in the top group. So Jonte's got he's got some surprise in him, right? He made headlines last month for visiting Texas A&M and saying, "Man, there's not a whole lot of trophies here." And then, of course, the Texas you know players started saying, "Hey, we got a bunch." And then he visited Bama and saw a bunch. Uh, so th this is a really uh, interesting recruitment uh, to track. Um, Florida, Michigan are like the two new schools involved with him the most. Um, but again, I think it's going to be uphill for all those programs just because both AM and Texas uh, have been all over him from, from such a very long standpoint. And he's very close to some other 
recruits like Ruben Owens, like Arch Manning, who are looking at those schools. So again, the Gators getting involved later for him is interesting, especially because they're getting involved later for Arch Manning, who he's also grown close to. So that could be interesting depending on the timelines for each of them. And, and as far as I can tell, Brandon, neither Arch or Jonte is, is ready to make a decision anytime soon when it comes to making a verbal commitment. So uh, getting visits and staying in the game is, is important now, uh, but but remaining relevant thereafter, I think is going to be important, especially since Cook has a visit coming up to Florida just in a couple of weeks. Um, because so in theory, you're going to get him on campus and then not see him on campus for a long time before he makes a decision. So you obviously have to set the bar very, very high when you do get that intimate in-person impression. He's going to do the hat thing. I know. I know. He's going to do the pick up one. I think hat. he'll throw it. Yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna do that with, with how he like talks. He's, he's doing it. Um, and then when looking at the receiver room, Florida has two athletes committed right now, or people that are classified as athletes. One being a likely receiver in Creed Whitmore, the other being Aaron Gates, who likely a DB, considering the way Patrick Tony and Corey Raymond are the guys that are focused on him right now. Uh, Florida also has receiver Tyree Patterson, who we spoke about last week, and similar to the quarterbacks that we talked about earlier. How does it maybe impact the recruitment or commitment of Andy Jean, of John Tickook II, to have multiple receivers already committed? And let's say one of these guys commits to Florida. Does that risk losing the offer? Does it apply pressure to them to commit before another receiver? That's a good question. I'm not sure how many receivers Florida is going to take, but when you start offering and, and inviting this many to take visits, it's probably going to be a big number, right? As you said, two already committed. It seems like there's space for at least two more. Um, and in, with with John and, and Cook in particular, two very confident alpha type of wide receivers, no disrespect to Whitmore or Tyree, but they're not going to be afraid of anybody on that commitment list at the position. you know. And I do think wide receiver is one of those spots where if you come in with a great group, they can play together and complement each other from a skill set standpoint. You look at the two best schools that have developed wide receivers in the last five, 10 years, Ohio State and Alabama, that's what they've done, right? Even, even similar type receivers. You think of Alabama with like smaller, faster types. You think of Ohio State with bigger, more polished types. They haven't had a lot of variance in the physical skill sets, but that hasn't hurt the stock of any of them. Um, I mean, Ohio State's guys from two years ago went like, 9, 10, and 11 in the draft. So uh, it really doesn't hurt you in the long run. And I think wide receiver as a whole is a position that is being valued higher. We talk about the five premium positions in football. It's offensive tackle, obviously quarterback, cornerback, edge rusher, and interior defensive line. We're going to have to start thinking about adding receiver to that because um, the game has changed to that degree with pass catchers. And and I believe wide receivers are, are maybe the trendiest position to play in terms of the NFL draft and importance for, for overall success. Uh, so I do think that, you know, it's almost not the more the merrier because obviously you're not going to take 10, but you're not going to take one or two anymore like some schools have done in years past, uh, whether it's through the portal or high school recruiting in this case, you're going to try to stack position groups together and wide receivers, one that you want a lot of juice and, and some variance from if you can get it. So I think neither of those guys is going to be worried about that. The commitments that are currently in uh, in the fold for UF. Uh, I'm not sure either is close to a decision either. Right. So I don't even think that's something that they would look into at this point of the process, but it's certainly not the 
musical chairs that it is at other positions like quarterback where it's kind of you know designated that hey it's one per team uh, for the most part so it's it's not something to worry about all right thank you so much john we'll have you again next week make sure to catch john on twitter at john garcia underscore junior catch him with sports illustrated he is the director of football recruiting and catch him on so many of the locked on college shows throughout the week thank you john Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with Seth Galena from Pro Football Focus. We're talking about this Patrick Tony Florida Gators defense, and I cannot wait for it. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and 90 Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.